that's how eyesight works, you stupid raccoon. Don't call me a raccoon! I'm sorry. I took it too far. I meant trash panda. Is that better? Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I'm your host, Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the just superstars, the, the, the new hits on the block here with minor league baseball, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, who just took the, the branding world by storm. I'm wearing my Rocket City Trash Pandas hat right now, and I have a, I have a T-shirt that I'm not wearing. I figured I, I wouldn't go full, full Rocket City Trash Pandas because that might be a bit much even, even for me. Lindsay Nupp, Vice President with the Rocket City Trash Pandas, is kind enough to join me today. I'm very happy to be talking to Lindsay. Lindsay, thanks for being here. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a cold, non-baseball-y morning in Fort Collins, Colorado this morning. What's it like in uh, Madison, Alabama? Madison, it's, it's not too bad. It's 50 degrees. But last night for we had a, a game here at the ballpark and it was a little bit colder than that, but okay. on the rise. <laughs> the Rocket City Trash Pandas obviously have taken the minor league baseball world by storm here. Uh, can you can you first of all just for the the edification of me and and the listeners to this podcast can you explain we'll start with a what's a trash panda and then b what do you mean by rocket city or you can you know take those in whichever part in whichever uh, order you'd prefer sure so a trash panda is a raccoon um, I think the the name kind of really got big after Guardians of the Galaxy when there was a trash panda character in the movie. Uh, if you think about a raccoon, it looks like a panda and it digs through trash and it eats the trash and you find them all around your trash cans, knocking over your trash cans. So trash panda is just a fun animal play on the animal raccoon and raccoons are actually very smart creatures, um, which is a tie to the local area here in Huntsville, Madison, Alabama. It is the Rocket City, which is a lot of DOD, a lot of space defense, a lot of missile defense companies. FBI is here, NASA is here, Boeing is here, Lockheed Martin is here. So all of those defense companies really are, are here in the heart of Alabama, which makes it a lot of engineers, a lot of um, intelligent individuals who flock here and, and this is where they work and live. And, and that's kind of where the Rocket City came from with NASA and all of those, those businesses being here. So that the actual logo itself it's a raccoon in a trash can but you can see the calculator on there with the flames and it's going up into space and and it all tied together from from those small aspects to your knowledge is this the only logo in minor league baseball that has a calculator in it hmm, that's a great question i think <laughs> To my knowledge, yes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll research it before this episode drops. I'll research that and see if there's any other calculators in minor league baseball logos. I, I, you but know, no. I would have, I, I certainly will. I would have to say no. I don't think there's, there's a very, very low chance that there are any other calculator-based logos out there. So the team itself, obviously, through no fault of its own, had kind of a rocky start. Moving from Mobile, it used to be the Bay Bears, which was, a, I, that was a fun brand. I liked that brand. And so when they, you know, they moved north, uh, within the state to the Huntsville Madison area and became the Rocket City Trash Pandas, started selling a ton of merchandise. This logo was really, you know, really popular. Everyone, everyone loved it. It got a you know, very strong, positive reaction, I think, which isn't necessarily always the case right away with minor league logos, right? And then of course, the 2020 season shut down because of COVID. And so your first season as a franchise 
really never took place. Can you can you talk about sort of what that was like from a branding perspective, like watching this this logo out there sort of take the world by storm at a time when there was no actual baseball? You know, I don't want to say because it did not help us, but the pandemic truly made us focus a lot on the logo, the branding, the merchandising of it, because we didn't have games to play to have any revenue source coming from it. So everything that we did from a revenue standpoint was non-game day events and merchandise, really, because we had already sold season tickets. We had already put our single game tickets on sale. And then there was no other tickets and food and beverage and all those things typically come from games. So we, we switched our mentality. Everything we did was pushing merchandise, pushing cap sales, pushing t-shirt sales, um, you know, and how can we make fun videos of us doing a shopping network type video to promote our merchandise in fun ways and, and still showcase our creativity and the things that we do as a minor league baseball team and staff. Um, that's kind of where we, we really shifted and went to. So I think that naturally led to more online sales, more sales in general and online blew up because no one was leaving their house. So everyone was you know, on Amazon or online, checking out, buying things. And, and I'd, I mean, I'd helped our merchandise for sure. Um, and then of course, ultimately then doing events, we got people in the ballpark and, and got to do some of those things that we would have done maybe next year, but we were kind of forced to do events first and then figure out baseball later. Right, right. So, you know, I mentioned that the reaction to the logo was largely positive and you sold a lot of gear and, and I'm going to be talking to Jason Klein uh, from Brandios next in this episode. And so we'll talk about the, the logo itself, but this was not, you know, a straight rebrand necessarily. This was a move of a franchise and then developing a new brand in a new, in a new town, in a town though, that had already had its own baseball team. You know, I mean, Madison and and Huntsville are, are adjacent and, you know, you had the Huntsville stars there. I imagine there must have been, there was a gratefulness to have baseball back in the area, but there must have also been, as there always is when a new brand comes to town, uh, a nostalgia for the old brand. Was there, whoa, so this is my, uh, this is a thing that I do on this podcast. I ask very long questions that they say, they sort of take a circuitous route to a, to a, to a finite question. And that, so that question is what, what was the local reaction to the brand? Well, I think that's where we really did a good job of having the community feel like they picked this team. And I know it's been done in other markets and it's a name the team contest, but you know, you take those months of submitting names, giving everyone the chance to tell their story of why they think this name would be great and this name would be great. And you know, we kind of took all of those submissions, narrowed it down to the 10 names. And that's where Jason and Casey came into play with Grandiose and, and they were here and they do a lot of market research and studies and help you develop, you know, your story and all the things that go into the logo. And when they saw Trash Pandas as one of those names, I mean, Casey, it was a light bulb in his head, jotted something down on a napkin, which we have framed here in the office. That's like, this is what it's going to be. And it was pretty close to the logo that you're wearing on your head right now. And he said, this is going to be your top one. So of course we everyone at that time, I wasn't even here at this point, but they're like, we can't have trash in our name. Oh my goodness. No, I can't deal with, I can't tell the investors that there's going to be trash as part of our name. That can't happen, (laughs) but you put it out there and it kept coming to the top and being the top voted. And, you know, everyone locally was, was saying, no, this is great. I love this. I love this. Of course, there's always one or two that have the reasons why not, but it just, you know, it would be taken off the table saying, no, I can't do this. And it would just be brought right back and come right to the top of the list. So 
with all the voting, it all kind of spoke for itself and, and the community really got behind it. And when we did the unveil, it was a huge party and everyone saw the logo and just really embraced it and loved it. And um, truly, I don't think I haven't heard anything, definitely not in the last year and a half, two years of any negative with trash. It's kind of fun and catchy and the young kids use that as part of their our vocabulary now is ah, that's trash or it's one of those slang words used just I think in in a different way now so it's kind of fun I have two teenagers and I don't think they're they're cool enough to use the word trash that way I have to go I have to go find out from them how that whether that word has made it to Fort Collins Colorado yet in that in that yeah. respect <laughs> we'll check it out yeah so there are there are 120 affiliated minor league baseball teams and now three of them have raccoon-based logos. You've got the Quad Cities River Bandits, and then, of course, you've got the Hudson Valley Renegades. So I wonder, did you hear at all from those other raccoon-based teams when uh, the Trash Pandas came out? My knowledge, no, but again, I wasn't here at that specific okay. time just yet. So they may have reached out, but I don't mm -hmm. believe it was ever anything that, you know, we tried to be unique and different with the, the Rocket and, and that type of play that I hope it's different enough that it wasn't trying to copy by any means. Right, right, right. Do you think Do you think there's a rivalry there with those other raccoon-based teams? I don't think so. But how, maybe there could be. Maybe we'll have to have a conversation. This is what I'm saying. This, how could we get like a, a, a round-robin raccoon-based uh, minor league baseball tournament going? So funny that none maybe of them are- You just gave me an idea to write down. So Okay, I'm going to give you a second to write that down here. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and, and could you just put sponsored by baseball by design on there? I'd yeah, appreciate that. B-A-S-E-Fi <laughs> design, got it. Yeah, perfect. All right, coming soon. So so the logo itself, obviously, you know, there's a there's a lot of elements and I'm going to talk to- um, to, to Jason about this as, as well, about the, the specifics of, of the actual artwork. But the decision to go with, you know, all of these sort of disparate elements and tie them together into one narrative, you've got the raccoon, you know, and engineers and the aeronautics industry, you've got very much obviously in the visual branding of patriotic element, right? There's the flag and there's, you know, looks like he's on the moon with the, I'm gesturing wildly here right now, by the way, this is an audio medium and I'm gesturing wildly, so you can't see it. But the the sort of patriotic element of the the brand obviously is is intentional is that part of do you think the positive reception in 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 madison absolutely this is a huge military town we have a huge redstone arsenal that is in our backyard uh, again the, the de defense industry is here so anything patriotic anything that's tribute tribute to the to the military incorporating the military veterans all of those things are 100% part of this community and it's it's the culture here. Um, and one of the logos is actually an RC, which is like the rocket city. And it almost looks like a, a rocket with the R, how it's kind of positioned that way. So that's also another subtle one here that really resonates with those engineers as well. Right. So the, the Trash Pandas obviously have this great primary brand that we've been talking about here and I'll continue to talk about with Jason afterwards. Uh, to my recollection, I don't recall having seen alternate brands that that these minor league teams do. Is there is there talk of a uh, you know like a Copa brand or uh, you know any alternate identities that you that you have in store? Yes, so we actually just submitted for Copa 2023. So we've got our logo design already you know taken care of. We're working on a jersey right now. We're actually working with an artist in Bolivia, 
to help us design that, which is really cool. And that's a cool concept for us. Um, so we're excited about that. We've also put in or maybe a military theme and a food-based theme in 2023. But up until this point, we just you have to work so far in advance that we were just trying to get our first season underway. Um, we've done some cool theme nights, but in terms of alternate identities, that's next year. So stay tuned for those. Okay. First of all, that's super exciting. I love that you're working with uh, an artist in Bolivia for uh, for your Copa brand. So that's very exciting. So that's coming in 2023. And, you know, that's been the, the Copa program has been really interesting to follow because, you know, most teams, to my knowledge, have not gone to the, the bigger design firms that do the, you know, the lion's share of the work for the primary identities. Most of these Copa brands are being done you know, in situations like you're describing with, you know, with other artists outside the, you know, Brandios and Studio Simon and, you know, Fuser Sports. And and so, so that's, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm very excited to see that. I assume that I'm not going to get any sort of sneak preview here today, but, uh, you know, I, I will, uh, I will stay with, stay in touch with you guys on that and would love to cover it on sportslogos.net when that happens. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so that's super exciting. What about uh, the upcoming season? 2022 by the time this drops we'll be uh, a little bit into that season what are the theme nights that you're excited about this night uh, this season well I think some of the theme nights that we just didn't get a chance to really develop last year are things just simple princess nights or football and cheerleading night or um, little league night where they do parades around the morning track where you can really get community groups involved we didn't have time to reach out to to schools for even an education day this will be our first education day which is crazy yeah. Uh, and schools are just learning like, oh, wow, we can actually bring kids to the ballpark on a day game. And it seems so simple and so rudimentary in our game, but we did not have a chance to have those those nights that just really bring your community out. Um, we're going to do the Defenders of the Diamond part of the minor league baseball initiative um, for Marvel. So for a superhero night, so that'll be cool. We are doing a Huntsville Stars throwback night. Awesome. So we'll have a jersey. That's a, a tribute to the the team that was here previous to us so that's going to be a fun one and now just being able to do bobbleheads we didn't have time to order bobbleheads right last year for 2021 right. so i think our fans you know we had two that were on order luckily that were mm -hmm. here in 2020 um but now we'll finally be able to use players and their likenesses and our other characters and, and just things that we didn't have and it almost was like two years we, we didn't have it in 2020 and then we didn't have time to do it for 2021. Right. The season was delayed. So it's it's really our first year, if you think yeah. about it, in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you had the, the year off and then you had a the very sort of weird, Rush. like everyone. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's sort of like ghost walking through 2021. And so now it just feels like, okay, wow, can we can we really take a breath? And is this really going to be normal now? So the there's a sort of divide, I think, in the in the minor league baseball world between the 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 wacky logo and obviously the more serious brands. I discount the brands with the teams that are named for their parent clubs. They don't count as real minor league baseball teams to me, but you know, you've got this sort of like wacky versus serious. The rocket city trash pandas obviously went full wacky with their brand. Do you get a sense for what the, what the players themselves feel about, you know, playing as a, as a trash panda? Do you, do you have you gotten a chance to talk to any of the players about that? They loved it. They wanted the merchandise. We actually didn't have undershirts for them when they got here last year so we had to pull shirts from retail and have them wear those as their undershirts I'm like well, we're keeping these right we're not getting <laughs> these back like we want can we have more wait can I take my hat I mean we went through so many caps last year that they all just 
They want, they kept their caps. They wanted their caps. Like even a specialty jerseys that we did, they all wanted to buy them. I'm like, well, we're, ref- we're, we're auctioning them off. You can't buy all of these guys. Like, we need to they're, auction them. They're bidding so they on their really own jerseys. Yeah. 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 I love hearing that. You know, that's funny because I, I, I feel like that's almost always the answer, right? Like, and it doesn't matter the level of minor league baseball. If it's a good logo, it's a fun logo. The players are going to embrace it and they're going to, they're going to enjoy it. So this is, this is a sort of a softball here, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm lobbing one in there, but what is it do you think that made this logo just catch fire the way it did? Because, and I'll sort of preface that because I can't ask a short question. There are a lot of fun, wacky logos out there, right? But this one in particular really took off. Is there something about this logo specifically that you think that really just captured the imagination of online shoppers and baseball fans out there? I think the timing of the Guardian of the Galaxy movie when that released and when we announced this was very instrumental. Um, I don't know that it was purposeful at all. It just, that was such a popular movie and, and that raccoon that was such a fun character when we said trash panda it was like oh i get it that's cool oh my goodness i don't even know who that team is but i need that logo because it's a trash panda and it's in a trash can right so it really it said trash panda not just a raccoon you saw the can you saw the whole thing and then what really tied it together was saying rocket city trash pandas so you know the logo itself was is popular without rocket city but then when you add rocket city an element like that to it really makes the local community want those it was that merchandise. So they truly come in for anything that says Rocket City. Um, there's two different markets that we're kind of pulling. Like the nationwide market is that logo. That's the, the raccoon in the trash can. That's our best seller by far. But locally, it's, it's the Rocket City tie. It's the flag tie. It's the RC. It's all of that. For sure. Well, I mean, it's such a fun logo. And, you know, everything that you all have done with it has been has been a blast. I very much appreciate, by the way, that the Rocket City Trash Pandas follow me on Twitter. That's like, a, that's you know, that that gets me right in the feels. So I appreciate that the Trash Pandas follow me out here. You can find the Trash Pandas at Trash Pandas, uh, and I'm sure that that's the case across the socials. Uh, but Lindsay, where can people find you on social media if you want them to find you? Well, I'm at Lindsay Nup on Twitter. I don't do too much of, of tweets or things like that, but... Um, you know, the biggest thing is go to shoptrashpandas.com if you want to check out all the merch. Um, but for me, I, I'm not a huge social media person. I probably should be. Uh, I should get back into the Twitter world and putting out some fun content. So maybe that's my goal for 2022. Well, I can tell you that the 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 minor league baseball Twitter community out there is a really fun place. Like you always hear like, oh, social media, this terrible, awful place. We have, we have found a corner of Twitter that is just this positive, supportive, fun, fun place to be. So if, uh, if you, if you hop on Twitter, you know, give me a shout and we'll, we'll get you connected up with everyone out there in the minor league baseball Twitter community. <laughs> right. I'll do that today. That's, uh, that's my today's goal too. Fantastic. I love it. Lindsay, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to me. This is such a fun brand and good luck with what is now at the time of this recording, the upcoming 2022 season. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Welcome back, everybody. So pleased to be welcoming back once again, podcast regular, friend of baseball by design, friend of Paul Caputo, Jason Klein from Brandios. Jason, yeah. We did it. We made it. We're, We're back doing it again. again. Here we are again. I, I love it. Lasted. This. We did it. 
I have to tell you, I get such good feedback whenever you come on. People are just like, I love hearing from Brandios. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> you know, you're you're like a superstar celebrity out there. And, you know, I'm, you know, the first you know few times I was just like, Jason Klein's coming on. People are like, that's a great get by you. Good job, Paul. And so I feel like a superstar just knowing Jason Klein from Brandios here. So. <laughs> you tell my family this. Could you, I will. Could you I will. What? I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, so we are going to talk. Th- we're talking today, obviously, yeah. about the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yes. Which is, I mean, what a fun brand this is. Took the world by storm when it when it was put out there. I did. I mean, inc- it's an incredible story, uh, which I we're going to get into today. It's going to be so fun. Let's do it. So, you know, we're so we're obviously we've talked a little bit about the sort of origins of the team name already on, on this episode yeah. and you know, some of the, the design decisions that went into it, but I want to just delve into you the story of both the rocket city part and the trash pandas part. Cause there's so much that goes yeah. into it. Can you just talk to me about like you guys, you, you know, you visited Northern Alabama, right. To, to right. learn yeah, about yeah, yeah. the place. So can you tell me about just sort of from point one there, you know, what, what was the, the thought process behind, behind this nickname? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it starts back where it always does. Uh, you know, uh, ownership gives us a call and says, we want to collaborate. Um, they've heard great things about our success. And they said, we want to bring that same success to uh, this community. And uh, so we packed our bags um, and went to Northern Alabama. And we had the, the pleasure to uh, Chuck Domino, who I've mentioned before, the godfather of minor league baseball marketing, um, who's worked on the Iron Pigs and, and collaborated with us on uh, Flying Squirrels, the Yard Goats, the you know, you know, rubber ducks, um, was part of this project. So it was really fun to be able to, to work with Chuck again and the staff. Um, but yeah, we, we came to town and, um, we knew that we were going to do something in the minor league baseball. It was going to be a big launch. Um, you know, the big launch that you would see, uh, like I said, in, in with the, you know, the sod poodles, like that caliber of, of process. And one of the things was, uh, that was unique was on our research visit, we sat down with the mayor of Madison, Alabama, and, and the city council um, and explained our process and what they could expect. Um, th- to give you an idea of the market, I'm generalizing, but Huntsville is a giant donut, and then there's a municipality in the center um, that is Madison. Uh, it's its own city, its own community. Um, and Madison said, we will give the land um, or you know, whatever that, however it was structured, basically it was like, you know, we're partnering on this land and building the stadium, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you have Madison, which is generally smaller than the greater Huntsville donut. Um, and uh, ownership at the time felt like it was really important for the, you know, we were going to go on a journey that was going to include the J curve, which we talk about where people like, you know, I can't believe this is the, these are the team names. Are you crazy? Um, to the brand, the whole thing. And, and um, the ownership felt like it was really important at the time to get the city because the city was partnered um, in this process to be familiar with not only the process, but what makes a great team name, why we do what we do. Um, you know, uh, what, the t- what kind of community reaction they can expect and at what time and, and what emotions they will hear um, and also uh, how people will respond and just to be prepared and, and to get oriented with our process. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they had their team names, uh, you know, the Rockets, uh, you know, uh, and, and the reason that you hear a lot about space is Huntsville's home to uh, Space Camp. So um, uh, U.S. Space and Rocket Museum, I believe it is. Um, Lindsay Nupp and I 
per your Good. recommendation, you put me in touch with Lindsay. And so she and I yeah, uh, Lindsay. talked. And so, yeah. So, so in the previous segment to this, Lindsay and I chatted about the sort of the, the area itself oh, here. Awesome. Um, yeah. So Redstone Arsenal is also there, which is um, uh, sort of a I think army, um, you know, space and rocket type stuff. But the heritage of the community is uh, developing um, missiles and propulsion and aerospace and, and that kind of thing. That's sort of the, the claim to fame of the area. Space camp, like I said. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we, we love getting the community involved, uh, kicking off with the name the team contest. Um, and we got thousands and thousands of entries, um, thousands of entries. And so, um, you know, at that time, uh, there comes a point where we all get together during the research visit and we sort of wade through thousands of submissions and we run them through different um, frameworks that we have that we know leads to success. Um, you know, uh, there's just, there are certain um, characteristics to a successful minor league baseball brand that we can bank on. Uh, so we're, we're constantly running those names through it. Um, something that celebrates the community, the heritage of what this community is known for. Obviously that is the space and rocket element of it. So, you know, we're going through and um, do, you, do you have the list in front of you and of, of what the team names were the contest? No, I don't, not in okay. front of me, no. So there's like the, the, the glow worms, I remember is one of them. There was um, the space possums, the, you know, so anyways, very like space oriented um, names. I think there was like maybe 10 and we had like a, a couple rounds that was not normally how it happens, but there's a couple rounds of voting where it just sort of whittles itself down. Um, but uh, we're sitting down. I remember we we're sort of vetting and, and then trash pen has came up. Casey, uh, my, my business partner was like, oh man, trash pen is, this is really good. I, I, I'm like, I think this is really good. And, I, and, you know, just to give behind the scenes of how it works, sometimes we don't, you know, the, whether it's Casey and I, or sometimes the team, we just don't see it. Right. And I, I was in that position was like, I just don't see it. Right. Right. Um, the idea that trash was in the name was <laughs> less of a concern for me, but I didn't see it originally. And one of the things that, um, you know, obviously a trash panda is slang for uh, raccoon. This, by the way, is precedes Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Honestly, um, I don't remember that scene when we were coming up with the names. So I was literally um, vetting this name in my head based on the name, had nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy at, at all. That didn't come up during the conversations. It was like, oh, yeah. the raccoon. And one of the things that came up during our visit was that um, the area has more engineers per capital, per capita than anywhere else in America. Like the concentration of engineering uh, engineers in the metro area is larger than anywhere else in America. And we just that kept on sticking with us. It was like one of those like handful of things that you're doing your visit. You just you're like, whether it's vetting names or thinking about experience, like all the engineering element. And we, Casey's pitch was like the raccoon has is like, we basically went on, we went on YouTube and looked at videos of raccoons picking locks. And we realized, <laughs> we realized that the raccoon is, has the most engineering mind of any animal out there, right? Just yeah. Videos of raccoons. they're adorable, but they are evil little bastards. And they, yes, so they're tenacious. They also are able, like, pick. They're able to do. They're ambidextrous. I think is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, 
but they're able to do a lot with their hands. Uh, they're able to engineer things and figure things out and solve puzzles. And so we, so Casey's sort of idea was like, if we, if we go this route, um, we are like, it would be a raccoon. I was like, okay, I got that. But imagine um, the raccoon is one of these uh, engineers, rocket science scientists, and the thing that hooked me eventually that I got it, and I know the staff was on board with it, was this idea of the American ingenuity, this promise of trying to figure out, despite all costs or, or all odds being against us, this is the idea of going to the moon, for example, right? It's like, we, we're going to call our shot. We're going there. We're <laughs> going to put a rocket. We're going to put like... <laughs> Like a, like a missile on a human and get him to the moon, right? <laughs> like the, the, like how preposterous, like, the, yeah, the audacity of just sort of like that, calling that shot and then figuring it out right. and just cobbling together all kinds of like junk and, you know, just, you know, what looks like junk, you know, to outsiders for us that are not in that industry. It's like, yeah. you, you like lit a wick on a bunch of junk um, and you went to the moon, right? <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, so, so this became the, that I think kind of hooked us all was like, okay, it speaks to the engineering and the ingenuity of the community. Um, we celebrate space and rocket. The trash panda is, uh, you know, sort of gets us in. It's like a name that can't be ignored. Um, and so, and we can build a whole universe space and rocket and junk and stuff. Um, so we developed, uh, you know, once the name won the popular vote, um, like crushed. It was like, I think it was like 80%. I mean, you can see on the web, it was like, uh, yeah, they put in the newspapers, like 80% of the fans, like, no, this is it. Um, and so we're like, okay, great. I guess, I guess we're going to go, uh, trash pandas. Um, and so we had this idea of a trash can, um, and we had the, you know, uh, sort of the fins on it and there's a calculator on it. And then like, um, we spent a lot of time figuring out what the nose cone was going to be. So we looked at, uh, colanders, we looked at, um, funnels, and we looked at um, kind of like Tin Man um, from Wizard of Oz. And then we also looked at uh, sure, just the trash can lid. Um, and then, you know, light the wick and, and that became the logo. Um, and so that, that was kind of how the brand came about. We knew patriotic colors was probably going to work well, especially for space. Um, right. So there's some elements of like um, Sprocket, the mascot on the moon, with the, the sort of like, you know, landing the American flag. And we knew that patriotic... Um, approach would would play well in the region yeah and then um camouflage jersey for redstone arsenal just all came right. together right well and well i mean so this is what you know i think you notice about this right away is like you've got this patriotic theme yeah you've got and the the, the whole you know the brandios thing that we've talked about before is is establishing a narrative you know a suite of logos uh, establishes a, yeah, a story. story essentially yeah. so you've got this you know raccoon sprocket in a trash can, which is also a rocket. And yeah. then you've got him, you know, on the moon with the flag. You've got a couple of different logos that are the R as rocket, you know, so with a with a raccoon tail on it. So the sort of combination of all of these factors into one cohesive story, first of all, I think is, is sort of prototypical of the work that Brandios does, right? Like uh, having all these sort of disparate elements and combining them into one cohesive narrative, yeah, uh, which is really fun. And which is one of the things that I think has been one of the things that brought people to this logo. This logo has been one of the most popular that you all have done. 
Is there, is there something that you think that you can point to that, that explains that? I mean, you guys have done a lot of logos is what is it about this one that you think that really drew people in? I've had that question. Um, it was, it was, we, I, I remember opening up the, someone sent me an article. Um, they did $4 million in their first year, yeah. um, which is uh, most teams don't publicize it. They publicized it. It mm-hmm. broke the record for that launch that year. Um, it was the most uh, a club had done uh, in the, in that year for retail sales, which is incredible. Um, and uh, I think I've said this before. Uh, the reason that, that the merchandise sales is so important is Unlike ticket sales, in my opinion, where someone can go as you know for a group outing or they can go and be like, ah, it's not my scene. When you commit your own money that you've worked hard towards a brand and are saying, like, I want to wear this around town, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and whether you're in Rocket City or whether you're in, you know, uh Seattle, the I want to wear this. Like I'm committing my dollars to wear this around. That's a level of commitment that transcends going to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, whether they're rocket city fans, whether they're, um, you know, uh, trash panda fans, you know, it's, th- that is super important. One of the reasons, um, that I, th- and this is just, this is like my personal approach. Um, I, I went to school in Alabama. I met my wife in Alabama. I've got relatives in Alabama. I've lived there for a number of years and, um, there is incredible brand loyalty in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden Flake, uh, Coca-Cola, um, AT&T, you know, there's some of these sort of prominent brands that um, there's just not, um, you know, there's the tried and true brands versus like, you know, um, what's the next best thing, right? It's just not, right. there's, there's not that sort of like, what's, what's the new thing? What's the next best thing? There's like this tried and true thing. So um, I think brands in general, this is again, this is just my opinion, occupy an, uh, have an incredibly high number amount of market share. Um, you know, things from uh, like Vineyard Vines, even like in that region, like just mm-hmm. brands like fashion brands, clothing brands, they have, there's a lot of like major players that have huge market share. And, um, and so we see them as being legitimate in going after. I think to be a sports team, gets you instant recognition and legitimacy that gets you shelf space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you said like, oh, what are the most five most popular brands in, uh, in the market, you know, Coca-Cola, Golden Flake, I, I'm making this up, um, sure. <laughs> AT&T and the Trash Pandas, yeah. right? It's not like, um, you know, um, Jane Skateboards or, um, you know, the new up and coming, um, you know, um, micro brew brand that's taking off. Right. right? So I think, um, I think just that part of the country's um, ability to be incredibly brand loyal, mm-hmm. uh, has made it, uh, I, I think that's the thing. And I, and, and also, um, when everybody asks me like, Hey, Jason, what is the best like situation that you would want to launch a, a franchise in or statistically what is going to lead to the most success? It's always a community that had baseball. Baseball was ripped away, and you come back with a new uh, stadium, brand new yeah. stadium in that market. Mm-hmm. People are craving baseball coming back. And uh, so new stadium, new logos, new brand, 
Um, that is like the best situation, better than an expansion market. I'd rather have a, a, a baseball seasoned market that lost baseball and bring it back with a new stadium. I mean, you saw that in El Paso, you see it in um, uh, Amarillo is a great example. You see it yeah. in, uh, in, in Rocket City. And so that is like, it was sort of like the, it was like the, just like the, the, the perfect storm of all these elements coming together. Well, for sure. And then, you know, then to create a brand that also has appeal sort of outside that market, because guess what? I mean, I've got a Rocket City Trash Bandit shirt and a hat. I've never, I've been to Alabama. I spent a week in, in Mobile in 2005, yeah. uh, but I've certainly never been, you know, to, to Huntsville or to the larger area where the, the, the donut, as you say. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but I, for me, it was just a brand that appealed. And, and, and I think, you know, I think the patriotism plays into it as well. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, see the, sprocket on the moon with the flag right like and i think that that has a certain type of appeal as well so it's obviously you know it really it it, it landed well with with baseball fans obviously in the community and and elsewhere because you know to do four million dollars of sales especially their inaugural season was 2020 which was canceled yeah yeah so, right right so okay so even even so like they didn't have games to sell merchandise <laughs> that's wild right so imagine like if they had actual games and that yeah. i mean that is like literally truly the po power of branding is um and storytelling and if you can get it right and you can nail that narrative for that community that you literally i mean to your point paul is like a it was like a fashion brand for two yeah. years it was yeah. like it was a, it was a fashion brand it wasn't a baseball brand it was a fashion right. brand but it spoke to the heart and soul of that community and um I also, I know you asked about the Rocket City. How did that come about? Oh, right. Um, you, get, you get what my friend Chris would call full circle points here for coming all the way back to that. Okay, uh, good. Full <laughs> circle points. All right. Okay, all right. <laughs> so um, I'll be candid. Like we were, this one was really, um, was tough until it clicked. Um, so to talk about the landscape, um, you know, Personally, our philosophy is naming it after the destination, right? I think I might have shared this before is that, um, you know, you can be like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California and the West Coast and the Western Hemisphere of Earth, right? It's like, and there's that My example is the Las Vegas Aviators of Summerlin. Yeah, okay. I mean, they are the Las Vegas Aviators, but I think my point with the Angels, which is like, it, the, the, the idea is, when you're coming up with a team name, there is a urge to want to put your arms around the biggest amount of people and try to give them a big hug. Sure. Right. So regional names or state names, and you just, at some point it's like, it sounds ridiculous, right? It's like angels are trying to put their arms around, around like all of Southern California. Like, right, 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 right. Okay. I do follow the mountain time zone Rockies, by the way. Right. There you go. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, so the idea is, well, our, our personal philosophical approach is it's an entertainment destination and where do you go? That should be the name. Um, so in this case, it would be Madison. Um, and Madison was, you know, sort of into the idea of Madison. Um, but, you know, in terms of like a, a majority of the audience is coming from Huntsville. And so this became the sort of back and forth, which is, okay, you know, the, the partners in this project are, the, uh, you know, Madison, um, it's in Madison, but the majority of people are going to come from Huntsville. 
we can't say Huntsville because that would not, you know, obviously the mayor of Madison is not going to want to call it that. It's in Madison. Um, so the Madison-Huntsville back and forth was sort of a moot point. Then it's like, all right, can we be Northern Alabama? No, nope, there's a university. Okay, can we be Alabama? No, nope, there's a university. Um, technically, they're the Tennessee Valley, but then you got Tennessee in the name. So people are going to think that you're in Tennessee and there's a lot of history in minor league baseball of, you know, having a state name, but being in another state, we didn't want to go through that again. And um, uh, at some point it was like, you know, uh, like rock, what about rocket city? And I think, I think one of the, one of the ideas might've come out, there was an old theme park that was uh, slated to go into Huntsville in the 1960s called space city, USA. It was basically going to be the Disneyland of the South. Um, and it was, I mean, there's, you can go space city, USA. There's incredible, like, you know, there was the land of like dinosaurs. There was a land of like wizard of Oz. It was like Disneyland, but it was like, um, you know, it was going to be in the South and it's going to be, you know, different, uh, things. And I think there was a, something in the brochure that said something about rocket city. I know rocket city was a slang and we knew that if we went rocket city, we would avoid having to have the Huntsville Madison debate. Um, it would get us off the Alabama and Northern Alabama, Tennessee Valley debate. And it would speak, it would reinforce the trash pandas brand, mm -hmm. right? Because it would, because even the trash pandas you knew as a raccoon, you didn't know like what was going on. So we got the trash pandas, the raccoon part of the name, but then we could add the space element to reinforce the brand by saying rocket city. Well, that's, it does reinforce the, the aeronautics side of that, you know, because I think if it were just, you know, Madison trash pandas, that wouldn't have the same, you know, the same effect as the rocket city. Right. And then there's like, uh, you know, is that Madison, Wisconsin, right. uh, you know, um, uh, and there's something about rocket city trash pandas is kind of, absolutely. It rolls absolutely. off the tongue, even though it's, it's long. Yeah. So, well, Jason, this has been so much fun as always. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things about this podcast is getting to hang out with you every now and again and talk about minor league baseball logos. I love it. I love so, it. I have so much fun and I love sharing all these stories and um, I hope everybody enjoys them. Oh, well, they do. I keep hearing from people that they do. So, <laughs> I, so I'm very lucky to, to get to talk to you regularly. People can find Brandios uh, on all the socials at Brandios and online at Brandios.com. I love that you're easy to find because that part of this interview is always simple. You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to pause there. It's funny. Um, uh, that is actually one of the things that we advise clubs to do when, we, when they're coming up with brands is making sure that whatever the uh, URL is, that all the social media are the same. Yeah. Because to your point, it's really frustrating when it's like, oh, find us on Facebook at, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, ice pigeons, you know, forward slash ice pigeons. And then, you know, the other one's like pigeons BB and like, you know, get us at like whatever city uh, pigeons ice.com. And it's really, uh, it's a pain, especially if you're the PA yeah. announcer. Um, yeah, so anytime sure. we, not only just us, but whenever we develop a brand, we're all, that's part of the branding process is, um, can we come up with a short enough name that's uh, under 15 characters for Twitter? Mm -hmm. uh, because that is the, you know, Twitter, Twitter limits us all. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. also trying to figure out a name that, um, you know, is, is universal across all social and web. Yeah. Well, I learned that baseball by design is 16 characters the hard way. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it does make this part of it easier where I can just say, hey, go go search for Brandios on all the things. Jason, thank you as always. This has been a blast. Thank and we'll you. talk to this you next time. Fun. All right, talk to you soon. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is super exciting for me. This is definitely a first for the Baseball by Design podcast. I am being joined right now by Jay Hollenbeck, who is, and I need to read this, right? Because this often, you know, I'll get a title for, for a guest on the uh, on the podcast, but this is one that I asked Jay to actually send me the full title, and I'm going to read it now. So get yourself a bag of popcorn while I read Jay's title here. Jay is the Deputy Hardware Manager, Space Launch System, Interim Cryogenic Propulsion Stage for the Marshall Space Flight Center in Madison, Alabama, home of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. So what I'm trying to say is that I have Jay Hollenbeck from NASA on the podcast with me to talk about a goofy raccoon logo, a, a raccoon in a trash can astronaut. So, Jay, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Paul. And uh, now you understand why we uh, use so many acronyms at NASA. Uh, just first of all, I'd like to thank you uh, for having me on your Baseball by Design podcast. Uh, since uh, I was a kid, baseball has been a huge part of my life. I actually was born in Jupiter, Florida, which, as you know, is uh, right in the heart of Major League Baseball spring training facilities. And uh, it's also close to Cape Canaveral, where NASA launches majority of our missions. Uh, just being a former college baseball player myself, uh, I, too, have been fascinated with all the creative teams and names and uniforms that have come and gone a long way. So, again, thank you for having me on, on your podcast. Well, so you beat me to the punch a little bit here. I was going to tell you that I have in front of me the 2008 Millsaps College Media Guide, where <laughs> you you appear, you know, and it gives all of your stats in in 2008. But in uh, on page 46 of this media guide, here's you listed prominently as the career pitching records leader for winning percentage, 14 and one over four seasons with a winning percentage of 933. So you're not just a, a NASA engineer, you are an accomplished college baseball player. So I can't imagine someone more perfect to be here talking about the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Well, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. But really it was a huge team effort and we had some hot bats back in the day. So yeah, Millsaps and uh, Coach Page did a great job on offense. So I was just glad to be a part of it and got to Got to throw a couple of baseballs across that that plate over my career. Well, that's a that's a really fun connection that I didn't know when you know when I reached out to you and and I have to thank Ray Osario at your facility for helping to set this up because he has done uh, really great work for for making this interview happen. So, but again, well, first I, to to establish your credentials to talk about a raccoon astronaut in a trash can, can you talk about <laughs> what it is that, that you do at the Marshall Space Flight Center? Yeah, sure. So I'm, uh, again, I'm going to use some acronyms here, but I'm the deputy hardware manager for the Space Launch System SLS uh, Interim Cryogenic Propulsion Stage, or ICPS. Shortly put, that's uh, just the upper stage of uh, the orange rocket that pushes the Orion crew capsule to the moon and also the secondary payloads. I was, I was, I was actually a much shorter answer than, uh, than I was expecting. In our pre-interview, you were talking about the, the eight and a half minutes that it takes to exit the Earth's atmosphere. How long do you think it would take a raccoon in a trash can to exit the Earth's atmosphere? Well, first of all, that, that'd be an amazing feat. I'd love to see that. But uh, if you could also find a trash can out there that's structurally strong enough to withstand that amount of thrust, I'd definitely want to know uh, uh, who makes it, you know, it's a quarter of a million miles to, from the earth's surface to the moon. That's, that's some feat if you can get a trash can and make that. So, uh, yeah, let me know if you find that manufacturer, we'd like to add them to our suppliers list. 
I know that the uh, the Marshall Space Flight Center entertains visitors. That the you know the actual interpretation of the space flight program is something that happens there. When a person is vis- visiting the Greater Madison area, they're obviously they're going to take in the Trash Pandas game, but they're going to come to the Marshall Space Flight Center. What is a visitor going to take away from from a visit to the Space Flight Center? Yeah, so uh, Huntsville is uh, located in North Alabama, right smack dab between Birmingham, Alabama, and Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we're also home to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, but but Marshall is is really uh, Marshall Space Flight Center is really rooted in this Huntsville culture uh, as providing the expertise and the capabilities to shape just nearly every facet of the nation's ongoing mission of space exploration, science, and discovery. Uh, Marshall has powered the the future of growing space industry since July 1st, 1960. So our heritage runs deep, specializing in propulsion systems, space habitats, planetary landers, mission integration, and just cutting edge technology that just helps guide uh, uh, humans in in both space exploration and science. Um, Marshall Space Flight Center has also been around you know, for the Gemini, the Mercury, Apollo, and shuttle programs, we've been integral to, to the success of those uh, NASA programs for this great United States of America. And we're, uh, we're definitely looking to continue that with the success uh, with the upcoming Artemis missions to, uh, to the moon and beyond and on to Mars. So, so obviously then, I mean, with, with the Huntsville area, you know, in Madison as well, you know, the, the, the larger northern Alabama area, the connection to the aeronautics industry is incredibly strong, with, especially with you all right there. When the team came to play, you know, you used to have the Huntsville Stars, which had its own sort of astronomical sensibility about it. But then the Rocket City Trash Pandas comes to play. It's obviously a little bit more of a whimsical take on the notion of aeronautics, but it's certainly a tribute to the importance of that industry in the area. What was the reaction among NASA employees and and within the Marshall Space Flight Center to that team? Yeah, so I, I, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and I've, I've understood that, you know, every or most of the minor league teams have those name the team contests. And I think, uh, you know, I'd heard some stats where, you know, the teams were so close to the voting, you know, 13% to 12.2%, like real close. I think the Trash Pandas ran away with it uh, in our <laughs> name the team contest. There was, uh, you know, you had the glow worms, you you had uh, army ants, uh, just because we also are home to uh, the army's uh, redstone arsenal, uh, which which has a, an alphabet soup of letter agencies out here, FBI, CIA. So there was a lot of uh, other other team names throw out there, but yeah, trash pandas took the cake, and uh, as you can imagine, the marketing uh, success and ease uh, behind that for for the team. Uh, yeah, it's hands down the easiest one to to pick in that group. Yeah, well, and, and it has had huge success, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I've never been to Madison. I've never been to a game, but I own a couple of Trash Pandas things just because I love the brand so much. And so, I'm curious to know since since it's your field, it's your industry, would a raccoon make a good aeronautics engineer? <laughs> That's a good question. So, uh, like I mentioned before, I grew up in the South and lived in the South my whole whole life. And raccoons are everywhere down here. They're just notorious for their ingenuity and determination. They're uh, they're they're very smart, uh, very clever creature. And sometimes you're just blown away. Like, how did they even get into my garbage can last night at the house <laughs> and and dug through my my week's old uh, leftovers? So, if you really think about it, uh, a, a good aeronautics engineer is is working to overcome challenges too. Minus the occasional like slinging of trash all over the place. We uh, not saying that we as engineers don't do that too, but it's it's definitely a relentless job to uh, try and figure out every way possible to cheat gravity 
and, and overcome the forces keeping our, our feet planted firmly on this earth. Um, <laughs> it, you know, you know, if, if humans were made to fly, we'd be born with wings, but, but we're not. So we have to try to keep figuring out, uh, you know, flight. So since, since the early days of Da Vinci, you know, it, and, and the Wright brothers, uh, we've been trying to figure out how to fly and, and we can, Really just thank the previous NASA workforce and all the engineers in, in, in our great country uh, that, that, that taught us those hard lessons learned in, in the math, the science, and the physics principles that uh, we still apply today. And we just continue to build on that uh, for SLS and the Artemis program. Well, now I'm going to tap into another area of your expertise, and I'm going to ask you, as, as the career-winning percentage leader at Millsaps College, would a raccoon make a good baseball player? <laughs> yeah, so if uh, I guess if you take that one step further uh, and go beyond the aeronautics engineer, I I'd say you're comparing a, a trash panda to a, a baseball player. This the same principles of uh, of grit and determination and creative forward thinking uh, apply to get those W's in the win column. So so being a former NCAA ball player myself and out of Millsaps, Mississippi, it's uh, it's probably what attracted me to do this type of, of work for a living uh, after my playing career was was completed. I've, uh, I've definitely carried over that super passionate drive of just conquering adversity and, and the many challenges we face in, in a team setting. Because just like in baseball, uh, one individual cannot do this hard work alone. It, it takes a, a team and it takes everybody's effort combined together, integrated to do something hard. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think a, a raccoon would also make a great baseball player. <laughs> so when we talked uh, in our pre-interview, you revealed I was I was delighted to learn that that you are familiar with a lot of the minor league baseball nicknames and logos out there. I appreciate that you said you listened to a couple episodes of the podcast. Uh, I certainly appreciate that. Do you have are there are there favorite minor league baseball logos out there? Are there there are teams whose whose nicknames have, have that you've noticed in particular? Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think it was like middle school. There was a book out. I know it was before before you had put a book out, but there was a, a book of just minor league baseball, and it was, I think, two guys had road trip through the country, just stopping in you know various different small towns and, and just having a great time seeing some of these these teams. I mean, like Bakersfield Blaze, Fort Myers Miracle. Uh, really, before the the generation of these crazy team names like the Trash Pandas or the Tortugas or Savannah Bananas, but I, I would think, uh, you know, growing up with just the boring names of like the West Palm Beach Expos and the Huntsville Stars, I, I really I'm, I'm kind of enjoying like the the uh, the cult that's kind of surrounding like the Savannah Bananas. And uh, <laughs> some of those some of those teams like that are just uh, more uh, like Harlem Globetrotters, but also have super talented ball players on their club. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely still watching out for those. And uh and, and and yeah, like you, I, I I collect minor league hats too. So I've I've got a, quite a bit of uh, of hats myself. Uh, I think the Montgomery Biscuits is even one that is just kind of out there and was one of the first. Uh, the the bacon uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs with with the uh, the hidden Easter egg in it. Yeah, that's I've yeah. got that's sitting prominently on my shelf too. So yeah, I would say those. Those are the teams that stick out in my mind. And uh, if you got any connections to the Savannah Bananas, I'd love to get some tickets. Well, I have several connections to the Savannah Bananas. They were featured on an episode of the podcast. And Jesse Jesse Cole, the team's owner and president, was you know he was great on the podcast. And so yeah, we can. I know those tickets are hard to come by, but uh, I certainly can uh, see what I can do for you. I, I think that uh, you know an American hero like Jay Hollenbeck deserves tickets to the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> or at least try to bring them to Rocket City. 
Uh, I have to ask you one more thing. You mentioned being from Jupiter, Florida, and the connection to baseball there. Have you been to a a, a Jupiter Hammerheads game? So, yeah, uh, actually, I did. Uh, back in, I think, my senior year of high school, uh, the Hammerheads were a team, and we had traveled from uh, from uh, up here in, in Huntsville down to play in the World Wood Bat Classic, and we got to play at Roger Dean Stadium and, and see a Hammerhead game. That was that was one of uh, one of those early teams that kind of started changing the nicknames from the the the, the uh, top tier major league baseball clubs to to create their own brand around there. So yeah, definitely have been to a Hammerheads game. Well, that's that's spectacular. That's a really fun connection, and I I you know, I, it's it's in a way it's kind of hilarious to me that I that I brought someone like you with your incredible expertise and and perspective on on exploring the universe. And we talked minor league baseball logos, which, but yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that's the point of the the podcast. Jay, thank you so much. This has been such a treat for me. I, you know, really love that you were willing to come on and, and have this conversation. Love all the connections to minor league baseball, and now I really want to get to a Rocket City Trash Pandas game because I want to come and see see your facility and and learn more about what you're doing there at the Marshall Space Flight Center. Yeah, come on. We'd like to show you around, just show you everything that we're getting geared up to with the uh, Space Launch System and the Artemis program. Where could people find the uh, the Space Flight Center online, and is it on social media? Yeah, so we have a couple of social media plugs. Uh, the main thing, our main website is nasa.gov. Uh, on Twitter, I know you're a huge Twitter buff. It's uh, NASA underscore SLS. Uh, Facebook, we have NASA SLS, and also we have a YouTube uh, for NASA. There's a NASA channel. And then the Instagram, I think, is uh is uh, explore NASA or at explore NASA. So plenty of uh, social media presence. We'd love for uh, everybody to come check us out and see that big orange rocket. Absolutely. Well, I, I hope to, to get to Madison and share a helmet Sunday with you at a, uh, at a trash pandas game. And, and I appreciate you coming on. This has been such a treat. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. <laughs>